remain standing and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And we're going to continue with from a foothold to a stronghold. Give me a little volume, guys. I can't hear me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4. Verse number 4. How many of you, how many of you this week, uh, you have faced the devil all week long? Raise your hand. Yes, I figured that. Uh, anytime you go marching in his territory, he don't take that lightly. And he don't take that laying down. He's always going to come against us anytime we try to take an offensive move. See, he wants us to stay on the defensive. He wants us to always be backpedaling and, and always trying to just survive, trying to just keep our head above the water and, and spend our time trying not to do wrong. But according to the Word of God, Jesus says, On this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now what that means is we're on the offensive, not the defensive. And let's, let's pray that God will help us today. I, I, I feel I feel Satan fighting today. I'm telling you, I've seen, I felt him all week long, but I know, I know we're going to find victory today. So I want you to do this. I want you to be praying when we pray in just a moment. Say, Lord, rebuke the devil. Get him away from here. Lord, let me hear what I need to hear to be victorious today. If you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse number 4, say amen. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Say that with me. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, the Bible says that those imaginations, it's a mode of thinking. It's, a, it's a, the way we reason things out. Uh, I'm, I'm a little loud now. Uh, do, do a little adjusting on that. Amen. Uh, it is the Greek word logismos where we get our word logic. In other words, the way we think needs to line up with what God wants us to be. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The thought of foolishness is sin. Why is the Bible so concerned about the way we think and how we operate? Because our thinking turns into action. We, got, we must be very careful there. It said casting down those wrong thoughts, those, those wrong reasonings, and every high thing. What is a high thing? If you'll go back in the Old Testament, you'll find out that they would put idols in high places. They would put altars in high places. And, and depending on how the next king dealt with the high place there in Israel, depended on God's blessing in their life. In other words, is there anything that's going between you and God? Is there anything that has a higher priority in your way of thinking? Is there anything standing between you and the Lord? Is there a habit? Is there a hobby? Is there a sport? Is there a job? Whatever it is, it could be a person. It could be a high thing. But the Bible says we must deal with them. It says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness, and this is an important verse, and most people don't put this verse with the other verse, but we need to have our thoughts obedient to Christ. We need to have our thoughts lined up with the Word of God. But then it says this in verse 6, And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The word revenge there means bring to justice. It means to deal with. In other words, 
we need to be very quick to deal with our wrong. In other words, when we wrong somebody or when we do something we know we should not do, according to this, the Bible says we need to be ready quickly to deal with that issue in our life. Many times we let it go by. Many times we just ignore it. Many times we know we did it. We know we were wrong. We know we shouldn't have. But we don't deal with it immediately. And God is saying you need to be ready quickly to deal with any disobedience in your life. If you're with me, say amen. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise today that we are victor. Lord, Lord, we're not victims. Lord, we're not, we're not standing here uh, worrying, Lord, how we're going to make it the next day. God, we are conquerors and more than that. Lord, I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you were not here last week, I want to I wanna share with you just a brief synopsis of what we talked about last week. Last week, we began a, a study on strongholds in our life. Those areas of our life that seem to be a constant burden or a constant struggle. Seems like we can, we can do good for a little while and, and then boom, here it comes again. It rises up in us. And I, I, in our small groups and different people have come to me uh, with various items that, uh, listen, it doesn't have to be addicted to meth to be a stronghold. Do you realize there's people that have strongholds of laziness, slothfulness, uh, cussing, drinking, pride, uh, envy, jealousy, all of these things that people have come and said, Preacher, I'm struggling with this, or I'm, I'm struggling with that. It doesn't have to be what most people think. Most people think the only stronghold is an addiction to pornography or an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to meth or cocaine. That's not so. There are many strongholds that the devil wants to leave in our life to keep us ineffective and frustrated in the work of God. And last week we learned that we don't need to keep them in our life, that we need to take an offensive and deal with these things in our life. Last week we talked about uh, wanting to do this, becoming angry at the area, becoming angry at the situation. Uh, David, when he dealt with the strongholds in Jerusalem, he said, whom my soul hateth. He had a righteous anger toward that area of stronghold in his life. And I'm telling you, before you get to that place, you're not going to want to do anything about it. This stronghold is important. It's important that we deal with this and not ignore it. Not, because it will not go away. How many of y'all know that? If we ignore it, it's not going to get any better. It's just going to get worse. I, I, I found a story. Ernest uh, Beavers tells a story of how a friend named Herbert Jackson was a new missionary and he was assigned a car that would not start without a push. Now after pondering his problem, he devised a plan. He went to the school near his home and got permission to take some children out of class and had them push his car off. And as he made his rounds, he could either park on a hill or leave the engine running, and he used this ingenious procedure for two full years. Ill health forced the Jackson family to leave, and, and a new missionary came to that station. So, so Mr. Jackson was proudly telling the new missionary what he needed to do with the car and, and the plan that he come up with, and he began to explain his arrangement for getting the car started. And the new man looked under the hood, and before the explanation was complete, the new missionary interrupted and said, Well, Dr. Jackson, he said, I believe the only trouble is this loose cable. He gave the cable a twist, stepped into the car, pushed the switch, and to Jackson's astonishment, the engine roared to life. For two needless years, trouble had become routine, and the power was there all the time. Only a loose connection kept Jackson from putting that power to work. You know what we have done in our life? There are so many Christians that have just learned to live 
with their stronghold. They have learned to live with their issue. Well, they would try to do this or that to just kind of ignore it and work around it because they've struggled with it for so long, they just it's almost become a pet to them when the power to deal with it has always been with you. The devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil's fighting so hard this morning to keep you from hearing that. But I'm here to tell you, I came to testify that God told me to tell you this before we ever got to point one. He said, remind everybody in Romans 8, 37, nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. The devil's told you all week long, forget about it, you'll never make it, it'll never work, you can't do it, you've always tried it, you've always failed, it doesn't matter what that preacher says, but I'm here to tell you, God says you can. I have a God who is able, I have a God who can meet your need, I have a God who can tear down every stronghold in your life. Don't come in here beat, come in here with faith that God can. Say amen. We don't need to come out the gates already defeated. We need to come with our head high saying, I can do this. I don't care what the devil tells you. Listen, don't listen to nothing the devil says anyhow because he couldn't tell the truth if you injected him with truth serum. Say amen. He's a liar and the father of all lies. You can. Say that with me. I can. Say I will. Say amen. Listen, what do we do, preacher? What do we do? I told you. I told you this week that, that I was going to give you the steps that were taken by Roman legions, and I, and I even looked through Joshua and found Joshua doing the same thing. What steps, what practical steps can be taken to defeat the stronghold in my life? Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, and please, please do this, please do this. I spent a lot of time with this, and I want you to take this because I want you to be victorious in your life. I want you to get victory over your stronghold because I'm telling you, it will change your life forever. Amen. Number one, what's the first thing we do? Well, according to Joshua, when he went into the promised land, before he ever took Jericho, the first thing he did was send in spies. He would send in spies. Most of the, uh, the Roman legions and the Roman armies, before they would go to try to conquer a land, they would send in spies to learn all about the land, learn all about the territory, learn all about the stronghold, learn how many people were there, how tall were the walls, how wide were the walls, how many soldiers was there, all of these things. So the first thing we do in order to gain victory over our stronghold, we must investigate. We must investigate. Write that down. We must investigate. I need to know what my stronghold is. I need to know how powerful it is in my life. I need to know what areas affect that in my life. What causes it to be strong? What causes it to be weak? What causes it to flare up in my life? In other words, what triggers this issue? What triggers this situation in your life? Because sometimes we will go for a period of time and everything's fine. Then boom, something will happen and here we go. So we need to investigate it. Say, preacher, how, how, can we, how can we know what our stronghold is? A, because of repetitive patterns. Because of repetitive patterns. If there is something, Brother Kendrick, that constantly keeps coming up, it constantly keeps coming up. You, 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 you see it in this issue. You see it in that issue. And it just keeps coming up. It's like it just won't never go away. Sometimes people's uh, stronghold is fear. Fear, being afraid. Whether it's being afraid for their children or being afraid because of uh, the, 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 the terrorists 
being afraid because of finances. It's always something. It may be a different situation, but it is the same issue, and that is fear. Is there repetitive patterns in your life? Is there repetitive things that you just keep falling to in your life? Well, that could be a big trigger that it's a stronghold in your life. Not only repetitive patterns, but I want you to see this, B, I want you to see revealed problems. Revealed problems. Now listen, and I I want you, and I promise you, I promise you, I love every single person in this room. And I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this uh, just to have something to say. I'm not preaching this just to, just to, listen, give us something to have for this week. I promise you, this is a message from God. And you need to understand this, that when we come to places in our life, we have to learn to be submissive and sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to us in our life. There are some of us that are so cold right now, we're so bitter right now, we're so prideful right now, that if God was to speak to us, you wouldn't hear Him if He was using a bullhorn. But we got to get to the place, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of fighting this all the time. I'm tired, so I'm just going to another church. What do you think is going to be waiting on you there? It's not the property. It's the stronghold. You're going to find out this, that God will let you face it again at the next place. And at the next place, well, I'm tired of my husband or I'm tired of my wife. Well, if you don't deal with what's causing the issue, that next one you find is going to be the same way. But you know what we do? We just learn to avoid it. Go to something else. We'll just run from our problems. When the whole time the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us. He's trying to speak to us. God gave me two words when it came to this, this, this first point of investigation. Sensitivity and submission. We have to be very sensitive when the Spirit speaks to us and then be willing to do what He's telling us to do. Sometimes the sensitivity is not there because the submission is not there. Why should God tell you what is wrong in your life if you're not willing to do anything about it? Are y'all with me? Instead of getting mad every time the preacher preaches on a subject because the Holy Spirit's lived with you all week, and He knows what you need in your life, instead of bowing up and getting mad at Him, why don't you deal with what the issue God is telling you to deal with? Wouldn't Wouldn't that be an easier thing to do? We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God knows our need. I've said this before and I've heard people say this. God knows our need before we ever ask. Before we ever bring it to Him. God knows our need. God knows our situation. God knows what we stand in need of. We must learn to be submissive and sensitive to Him when He speaks. I'll tell you this. In my experience, I know without a shadow of a doubt, the closer you get to God, the more things in this world will bother you. You'll find out. Uh, you'll find out. I was, I, was, I was with a person the other day, and I was eating a candy bar. And the paper just fell off on the ground, and, and I was going, at the first instant, just ignore it. The groundskeeper picked that up. And boy, the Spirit smote my heart. said, you know, you would get mad if somebody else put that down in your, your, your living room or your drive, you know, because I get mad. I live right on the highway, and people are throwing stuff out on the road all the time, and it just makes me so mad. I just want to cut the grass and throw everything back out in the road. Amen. And then you're going to walk away, and you say, well, oh, that's just crazy. It, it may be crazy, but you know what? The Spirit spoke to me, and I picked that paper back up. Now, when we get to the place when even little things like that, 
If we will pick the paper up, we will deal with big issues in our life. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Investigate it. What is God speaking to you about? What are, the, what are those repetitious things that keep coming up? Those repetitive patterns that you keep seeing in your life? What is the Spirit speaking to you about? Because I promise you, He loves you and He will tell you what you need to deal with. Y'all agree? Say amen. Amen. Number two. Well, after the spies, after the spies went into uh, Jericho and, and they came back out and, and told Joshua what he needed to do, he followed the Lord's direction. And, and what, what, what was the next step they did? What did they start doing? I'm giving a hint, y'all. Come on. They begin to march around the city. Now, I used to think, I used to think that was just a crazy thing that God come up with to see if the children of Israel was going to obey them. What, what's the big deal about marching around? Why in the world would he have them march around? I said, that's just to build faith. He's just going to see if they obey him. Because, you know, how many of y'all know God will ask us to do the craziest stuff? But you know what? When I started studying what the Roman legions did, do you realize they would surround the place and cut off all the supply lines to the city? So you see, this was not just a crazy thing that God come up with. God was cutting off the people. God was cutting off supply lines to Jericho. Nobody could get in and nobody could get out. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So what is the next thing that we need to do? First, we need to investigate the stronghold. Then number two, we need to isolate the stronghold. We need to isolate the stronghold. We must cut off the supply line to your stronghold. Ask yourself, what or who is feeding my stronghold? I, I'm going to give you two basic simple things here before we move on. A, I must first surrender our supply. We must surrender our supply. In other words, for instance, let's say I have a problem with alcohol, Brother Kendrick. When I leave this building, the first thing I need to go, I need to go home. I, let me do something better. I have a problem with eating wrong stuff. Issue I have. I need to go home right now and get the, all the Twinkies out of my closet. Say amen. Hello. I have a Twinkie issue. So what do I need to do? I need to go get rid of all my source. I need to go through all of the cupboard, get out all the cookies, get out all the Oreos, get all the soft, say amen. All the soft batch, I mean, I need to just go in and get rid of all, why? Because if I leave them in there, I'm going to eat them. You got alcohol in your house? First thing you need to do when you leave this building, you need to go pour it all out. If you got magazines in your house, first thing you need to do is leave this building, go to your home and take them and put them in the... Tra- no, 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 no. Build a fire in the backyard and burn every one of them. If you've got rock music and garbage in your house, you don't need to be listening to this. affecting your mind and the way you think, and it will affect the way you think. I promise you, go home right now and deal with your supply. Oh, you don't have Bible for that. Oh, really? Watch this right here. Acts chapter 19, Paul in Ephesus, and Ephesus, and the Bible says in Acts 19, 18, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, and many of them also which used curious arts, they were working in witchcraft, they brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Well, I don't want to burn my stuff, it costs a lot of money. Well, what is your stronghold costing you in your relationship with God? 
They didn't care. They wanted to deal with it. They wanted to get victory in their life. They were tired of falling down to the wiles of the devil. I promise you. They said, I'm going to deal with it. And they were serious about it. Listen, a serious problem requires serious action. Take it. Go home. Listen, disconnect the internet. Disconnect. Turn cable completely off in your house. You've got to empty the supply. If it's in your house, if it's in your area, if it's anywhere where it can affect you and cause you to fall or stumble, you need to surrender your supply. How many of y'all like to watch Andy Griffith? How many of y'all know Otis? There was one episode, Andy and Otis. Andy, Otis trying to clean up and he wanted him to, uh, uh, he couldn't, he was going to be an officer. He's going to be awesome. He had to surrender. He was picking up potted plants and had them in. Are y'all with me? Y'all remember that one? Oh, it broke him down. He didn't like that at all. I tell you, doing that part may be one of the hardest things you do. Because as long as you have it there, you can always go back to it. But you don't need to be like little Johnny and trying to fight temptation with your hand in the cookie jar. Hello? Listen. Surrender our supply. Deal with it. I mean, be, be severe. Go above and beyond what you think is necessary. Then B, what was A? We must... See, the whole thing we're doing with this, Brother Kendrick, is we're trying to cut off anything that would support that stronghold in my life. We need to surrender our supply. Then B, write this down. We need to separate from the source. We need to separate from the source. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? In verse 17 it says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The word separate means to set off by boundaries. What is the point? Some of you have friends in your life that is a detriment to your walk with God. Some of you have friends in your life that you need to deal with. You need to separate yourself. I don't mean, I don't mean to the point that you'd never talk to them again because you can't reach them if you don't. But I'm telling you, if they are causing you to fall, if they are strengthening the stronghold in your life, if they are causing that to be a bigger issue in your life, you don't need to be around them. And matter of fact, if you have to be around them to witness to them, you need to take somebody with you to go with you so they can be there to help watch you and not let you get ignorant with them. If Kendrick is my buddy and I want to invite him to old-fashioned day, I'm not going to ignore him and completely cut him out of my life, but anytime I get around him, I'm going to have Brother Doyle because Brother Doyle knows that I have an issue, he knows that I have a problem, and he's going to be there for support in case I do so Kendrick won't cause me to fall. I've heard this. Well, preacher, I've, we've been friends all the way since elementary school. How's it working for you? How's it working for you? They're going to influence you one way or the other. How's it working for you? Is that friend influencing you to do right? Is that, that friend, is this influence in your life a positive thing or is it a negative thing? Some of you are not going to get anything out of this today because you're not ready to do something severe. But some of you are. And that's who I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help all of you. But I'm telling you, this is so important. If you want, the Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be 
but he that is a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That is so black and white. That is so simple to understand. Sometimes you need to cut off people. Sometimes you need to cut off places. You need to cut off places. There may be places you don't need to go. Hello? I got a problem with gossip. Well, then you need to quit talking to certain people. You know why it's so quiet in here? Because it's right in our lap. God's speaking to every one of us right now. You know that person that every time you get around them, you begin to talk about other people or what you don't like about the church or what you think ought to be done different or, or what, you know what, that's not benefiting anybody. And if all that ever happens is that taking place every time that happens, then you don't need to be getting around that person. Because that negative person, the next thing is going to be, you're going to be negative just like them. And it's amazing to me, people that can be so positive about the church or about this or about that, when they get around that person, it ain't too long, they're the same way. Cut them off. There was a family, there was a family in the church. There was a family in the church at Bethel for years and years and years. If the good die young, they're going to live forever. Because every time somebody got around them or would begin to sit close to them, they would begin to befriend them and invite them to their house and then begin to tell them everything that was wrong with the church. And I don't even have enough fingers on my hands to tell you how many families were run off from the church because of that negative attitude. And the saddest part about the whole thing, they were great families. And they left, and the problem stayed. Be careful when the people you get around always have something negative to say. Because it will affect you. Be careful when, when it comes to your spouse. And, 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 and ladies, be careful when you get together and start, start mouthing about your man. And, and, and get, because you'll start saying negative things, and you'll start believing the garbage that the devil's filling your mind with, and you'll start thinking that about your husband. And the same goes vice versa. We need to start isolating things in our life. We need to start asking God, what is going to help me or what is going to hurt me? Are we strong enough? Everybody listen, look at me real quick. Everybody look at me. Are we to a place in our life spiritually that we'd be willing to do something if God told us to do it? Are we strong enough spiritually that we can say and ask the Lord, say, God, is there any area in my life I need to deal with? Is there any area that I need to isolate or cut off and be willing to do it? You see, if we are and we ask, He will. Church, say amen. Number three. Number three. Serious action. Serious action needs to take place without serious action. The stronghold will remain a constant presence in our life. I know some of the things I'm saying is a big deal. I'm telling you, it's a big deal with that stronghold right in the middle of your life. Aren't you tired of it? Say amen. Listen, what was number one? First, we must investigate. Then number two, we must... They surrounded the place. They would not let anything in or anything out. They cut off their supply line. Then number three, write this down. Then we must instigate. We must instigate. Uh... The next step that would be taken that, that, that Joshua, 
and all the people there, they, they set up camp very close to the stronghold. They set up camp there, and the Roman legions would set up a base camp close to the area that they were trying to destroy. Now, after cutting off the supplies to the stronghold, they would set up a base camp, a place so the soldiers could keep an eye on the stronghold. In the same way, we need to surround ourselves with people who can help us assault the stronghold. What does that mean? Write this down, A and B. How do I instigate things in my life for the po- First, I must surround myself by positive associates. I must surround myself with positive associates. And I highlight that word and underline it and capitalize positive. 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 I need to be around positive people. I need to be around people who believe in me. I need to be around people who believe that God can. I need to be around people and keep myself around people who believe that there is a God in heaven who can do anything, be anything, provide anything. I need to be around people who wants what I want in my life. I need to constantly be around people who will support me in my fight, who will support me in my issue. They will not supply the stronghold. They will not supply a negative influence in my life. I want to be around people who are positive about the things of God. Listen, if you're not in a small group, I would highly encourage you to be in a small group. One of the greatest things that small groups provide is a positive influence in our life. Listen, it is people that are struggling like we are. It is people who want the same thing. Listen, the small group you have doesn't need to be at the bar. It doesn't need to be at the barbershop. It doesn't need to be at the ball field. It doesn't need to be in these areas. It needs to be centered around the things of God and the Word of God. Listen, you need to be around people who are talking about the message all week, talking about the things that God has showed them and what God is doing in their life. Man, if we would surround ourselves by positive people, it would greatly affect the stronghold in our life. You remember what I said about taking Brother Doyle with me to a situation? I need people with me in that area. I was, I was at, I went and preached in Tacoa Falls last, last week, and, uh, and Brother C.T. Townsend, a, a, a young evangelist that graduated school where I went to, and, and he was there, and he was there to sing, and, and when we got to the motel, and, and, uh, and, and, and the preacher said, well, he's got a room. I said, I said, are you paying for two rooms? I said, don't pay. I said, me and C.T., we can be in the same room. It ain't no big deal. And, and, and he said, well, okay, it doesn't matter. Now, the whole thing is, he thought I was wanting him to save money, and I did. I didn't want him to spend all that. But you know what? I wanted somebody in the room with me. I wanted somebody beside me that could be a positive influence in my life. Well, what's the big deal? You know there's a bunch of channels on that TV? And these, these channels you ought not to be watching, don't need to be watching. You know what? When I had them, and I had the preacher in there, and I had that other evangelist in there, and boy, it was a great end. I didn't even care if the TV was on or not. It was a positive influence in my life. Well, you, I tell you what, you must be the weakest person in the world. No, sir, I'm the strongest because I didn't fall to temptation. Because I surrounded myself with people that are positive. Man, we talked about preaching all night. We talked about church building and what God is doing here and what God is doing in His life. Man, I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't singing about Hank Williams and we didn't talk about uh, your cheating heart. We wasn't doing all of that. Gambling and cheating. And, no, sir. I was talking about positive things. You can't pick your family, but you can sure pick your friends. Amen. I want to instigate stuff in my life. 
I, I get down enough, I'm telling you, this, this, the ministry is enough to depress anybody. Because all you ever do is deal with problems. Nobody ever calls you to say, hey, that's great. Well, some people do. Y'all been the blessing doing that, and I appreciate that. But most of the time, it's problems. Most of the times, I will, there's probably not a day that goes by in a week that I don't cry in my office because somebody's come to me with a problem. You ask Miss Barry, they'll come in with brokenness and things, and the, the devil's destroying their life. And man, before they leave, I'm crying with them. And boy, I'll constantly think about that. I'll go home thinking about that. I'll lay down thinking, how can I help them? What can I do? And I'm telling you, I need somebody in my life to keep me up because there's enough to keep you down. And I have mentally chosen and decided in my life I'm going to keep hanging around people that are positive. If there are people that comes with a negative vibe and a negative attitude, I don't hang around them very long because I'm telling you, I got enough negativity in my life. I need somebody positive with a smile on their face that believe that God loves them with every fiber of their being and God can. Hallelujah. We're going to run the devil out here for long. Amen. Surround by positive influences by positive associates. And then B, write this down. This is a hard one, y'all. Be willing to submit to personal accountability. This is where we all hang up, right here. Brother Donnie, nobody wants to admit they have a problem. It's human nature. It's not just this person or that person. It's human nature. Nobody wants to admit they have an issue. Nobody wants, especially if it's a, if it's a uh, particularly one that most community thinks is vile. Now, to God, they're all vile. So be, be careful that you start labeling strongholds. Because your stronghold might not be their stronghold, but to God, they're all the same. And we don't want to admit that we have an issue, but until we're willing to submit to somebody... Say, man, I've got a problem. You will never deal with sin until you confess it. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you've got to go in every little gory detail, but you need to find somebody in your life that's close enough to God that you can say, hey, help me with this. And let me say this too. Some strongholds require counseling. I was, given, <coughs> I was given a piece of paper, and I put verses in the thing like I was asked to do. Uh, but there's a couple things that have come in to the office, uh, areas of need that needed Bible verses for, that really require counseling. There was a couple things that came in in the marital issues and in the, in the marriage and that type of thing. And, and I promise you, whoever did it, you may be here, I hope you're here, uh, or you may be in the next service, but it requires counseling. And you need to be willing to do what's necessary to fix the problem. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till the house is burned down before you call the fire department. Are y'all with me? Two boys, I was coming down 278 with uh, uh, Fat Rat. Bruce, we, me and him was coming from, I don't even, coming from Normans, I think. And, and we were coming down 278 and there was a barn on fire. And these two little fellas had been playing with matches. And it got away from them inside the barn. Well, before they hollered out to anybody, they kept trying themselves. And they, I mean, they were just running. And it just got away from them. Before. And in the barn, the whole barn burned down. When probably, if in the beginning, and it would have caused trouble, they probably toted one anyhow. 
But would you rather tote one with the barn standing or rather tote one with the barn on the ground? Hello? Y'all still awake? Anybody with me? I mean, what's actually got to happen before you'll say, hey, this ain't working? Be willing to submit to accountability. I had a lady tell me, at, we was at Jack's, brother, uh, 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 me and Brother Smitty stopped and got a biscuit at Jack's. And, uh, and, uh, and this, this young lady, and I, I talked to her, and, and, and she said, Rachel, I've been going over to so-and-so, real big place, real big church, because there, I don't have to be accountable to anybody. I can just kind of slip in and slip out. That's the exact words. She said, I'm just trying to be honest. I said, I know, I understand that. I said, but that's not always a good thing. That's not always a good thing. But boy, isn't that the mentality of the world today? If we're ever going to defeat our stronghold, we've got to be willing to deal with these situations. Number one, first I must investigate. Say it with me now, come on, I'm running out of time. We must investigate. Number two, we must isolate. Number three, we must... All right, number four, write this down quickly, we're done. We must infiltrate. We must infiltrate. What does that mean? You've got to break through the enemy's lines. I, I heard a statement, and, it, and I like it. It's a, it's a good one. Instead of trying not to do wrong, involve your life and engage in doing right. Because if you will busy yourself with doing right, it will eliminate the wrong. What's the point? Too many of us are, are back on our heels trying our best not to do wrong. We're trying our best not to fall to that temptation. And we're, we're trying our best in our own willpower to resist our flesh and, and resist the, 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 the onslaught of the devil. And, and we're messing up. And we're getting our eyes beat out. One of the greatest defenses is a good offense. Let's get from off of our heels and let's step forward in the fight. God gave you two spiritual weapons. So, oh, it's just one. No, it's not. It's two. In Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the help me now, and the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit. What is the first thing you need to do to infiltrate the enemy, to break through the enemy's lines, to, to go into his territory? And that's what we're talking about. I want to go into my stronghold. I don't want to just hope they don't they don't come out of the stronghold and affect me. I want to go into it and destroy it from the inside out. The first thing I need to do is get every Bible verse I can on that stronghold and begin to pray the Holy Spirit, help me with those Bible verses. Do everything I can to get the Word, find the Word. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. I've, I've, I've told you this, and I've encouraged you this. If you'll give me the stronghold, I'll give you the verses. I'll do everything I can to help you in that matter. But you have to take it and use it. Now think about this. This is a question. This is a question in your small groups this week. We have been on this four or five weeks now. Four or five weeks now, we've been talking about using the Word. The Word is the weapon to use. Listen, getting these Bible verses and use it to win the fight. And I wonder, I wonder, don't, it, don't raise no hands, but in your own heart, answer this question. How many people has gone to the Bible and memorized some verses to help them with their stronghold? Don't raise your hand. 
But think about this. We'll come to church and hear it and believe it and amen it, but then we won't go do it. We'll just keep hoping that we do right. We'll just keep hoping that we don't fall to it. It's time to take action. Let's get on the offensive and not the defensive. How do we do that? Through the Word and the Scriptures and prayer. Praying and asking God. You say, but preacher, I've been praying. and I've been reading the Bible when we must take the next step then. If it's still there and you're not getting victory. The Bible says in Matthew 17, 21, How be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Some, some strongholds in our life are going to require fasting. Some issues are going to be so strong. Some issues are going to be so powerful. Some things in our life are going to be so, so big in our life that we must fast to see it happen. I believe that with all my heart. Not only scriptures and prayer, not only fasting, but then the next thing we can do, which is very important, I put the word serve there for a lack of better words, but Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament, Nebuchadnezzar had a pride problem. He had a real bad pride problem. He said, look at my kingdoms, look what I have done, blah, blah, blah. He thought he was all that. He had an issue. Now this this is the counsel Daniel gave him. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins by righteousness. In other words, get involved doing right. But then watch this. This is the key. And thine iniquities, what was his iniquity? He had a pride problem. By showing mercy to the poor. What did Daniel encourage him to do? What was Daniel's advice to King Nebuchadnezzar? He said, Nebuchadnezzar, to combat the pride in your life, you need to go serve some poor people. You need to go work in a soup line. You need to go work in a homeless shelter. You, know, you need to go around people who's less fortunate than you. Because in order to fight the stronghold, you need to counteract it with the opposite of what you're struggling with. If you have an issue with envy, if you have an issue with covetousness, man, I hate that word. I don't ever get that word right, but I got it on the first try. Amen. Always wanting what everybody else has got and never satisfied with what you have. What you need to do is get with Brother Chris and take a missions trip to Mexico or Romania to those people who have nothing but a tin shed to live in. And I guarantee you, it will counteract your issue. You see, this is, Brother Kendrick, this is how we get off the defensive and start getting on the offensive. Bless God, I'm going to start doing something about my stronghold. I'm not just going to hope it goes away. I'm not just going to come and pray and say, God, take this out of my life. I'm going to take the steps that I can to do this because God don't want you on the defensive. He wants you on the... We can do this. Now, I know every every stronghold doesn't necessarily have issues like the, the Twinkies and the, and the alcohol where you can go throw something away. But there was one thing that God showed me in this that will help everybody with theirs. You can investigate it, find out what it is. You can, you can cut off supply areas, things that, that instigate that problem in your life. Then you can, you can begin to put people around you that you will listen to that can see if that area rises up. You would be willing to admit it when they tell you, look, Kendrick, you're having a problem with this issue right here. And you can have those people around you to help you with that. 
But then it says to infiltrate it, be positive, do things that are positive against the negative in your life. But this is one of the most important things right here. Look in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 6. It should be on the board if, you, if you've got that. Brother Daniel, if you, if you can put that on there. Uh, uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 6. And having in a readiness, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. The most important thing I can tell you today is be ready quick to make right a wrong. I was mean to Tammy and said something I shouldn't have said to her yesterday. And in the moment, you want to say a lot of things, and you usually do say a lot of things. But as soon as I got in my truck, the Holy Spirit said, You idiot. Why did you say that? You defended yourself for why you said it, but you know you was wrong when you said it. Going down the road, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. Now, when we first got married, we'd have stayed there. We'd have stayed there for weeks. But you know what? God's teaching me. Deal with it quick. If you know you're wrong and the, and the Spirit reveals that to you, deal with it right away. I hurt her feelings, and I called her right after that and said, Baby, I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that. That was mean when I said it, and I shouldn't have said that. Why? Because I need to deal with it quickly. Be ready to act revenge on your disobedience. I said the word revenge means to bring justice to. Whatever that stronghold is and you fail to it, I mean immediately when you fall to it, go to your knees and say, God, please forgive me for that. And if that stronghold affected somebody else, make it right with them. And I guarantee you this, the more you do that, you're going to get tired of saying I'm sorry. And you'll start thinking about what you say before you say it. Church, this is so practical. But this is where we're missing it. I want victory in my life. I want the power of God in my life. If there's issues that you have, that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with, I promise you, this stuff will work. It will work. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye Lord Jesus, help us with where we struggle. Help us with the issues in our